0: Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her by, the Star Trek podcast. Ow, ow. My name is Caitlin, and joining me today are... Jake, Chris,
1: and Ames.
0: And we are here today to discuss, uh, we're shaking it up a little bit, we're going to talk about two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Hmm. No, wait, that's the same as every week. Ah, Is it, though? I mean, most weeks well lately anyway we're here to talk about two episodes of deep space my mi- deep space mimes that's horrifying i'd watch it <laughs> i feel like odo would be a really good mime
1: yeah right oh. now has mime training we learned
0: holy shit well see i was right or maybe Perfect. i just remembered that self-conscious subconsciously whatever anyway yes two episodes of deep space nine the muse and for the cause Oh shit, I completely forgot. This is episode 191? Oh, Woo! no! So oh, sorry, yes. 191. It's exciting. What are we going to do special for 200?
1: Uh, I'd say maybe do some Deep Space Nine episodes. Ooh,
2: no, we should do a 200th episode spectacular.
0: Where we what all that, quit. What does that entail?
2: <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like something we should do.
0: Yes, stars? It, there would at least need to be sparklers or something. Oh,
2: yeah, surprise guests.
0: What? That's not a bad
1: idea.
2: We'll just what? have
3: people join... <laughs> throughout the show we could kidnap avery brooks and force him to be on
1: wow it sounds like it'll be really hard to coordinate
0: on the on the stage management side of things nope nope
3: well that's why it's
2: spectacular okay because it'll be spectacular
0: it'll be a spectacular failure (laughs) that's why uh whoo all right moving swiftly forward be on the lookout for our 200th episode spectacular Ooh, do a
2: call-in show. We'll do a call-in featuring in show featuring
0: Avery Brooks. <laughs> we'll have
2: people call in. See,
0: here's the thing though. Avery Brooks should come be on SSHB our show.
2: Podcast.
0: It's much too long. Yes. Close enough. Friends of mine, well, a friend of mine and a person I don't know, they have a podcast and their call-in number is like, I don't know what it is, like 866 Soy Boys, which always makes me laugh. Nice. Anyway, so in the muse There's a definite A plot and a definite B plot. Uh, The title kind of makes you think the A plot is one thing, but I sort of would argue it's the other. Mm. Uh, But we can decide later. So in the muse, I don't even really know where she is, but Odo happens upon a crying Luwaxana who has run away from her husband, Jael, because she is very pregnant with their son in Jayal's culture, uh, the Tavnians, Jerk. they. B- Giant jerks. Yeah. yeah, they believe that women, ba- girl babies, <laughs> women babies, girl babies need to be raised by women's and boy babies need to be raised by the men's so they don't Boybies. have any weird femininities <laughs> rubbed off on their masculinities. So she runs away and is like, fuck that guy. And she's like, I really need a friend, Odo. And Odo's like, oh, I'm real busy.
1: Fry uh, <laughs> <laughs> quark.
0: So she uh she does. She goes to Quarks and bums everybody out before they <laughs> go for Hall of Suites. And Odo's like, Oh, actually maybe I do have some time. Actually there's like a really cute scene where they're like playing hide and seek where Odo is doing his changeling shit and walks on, is like, haha, what fun! Um cool. So then Jayal shows up and he's like, Give me back my baby. And Odo's like, Well, technically the male child belongs to the husband. Of the pregnant woman. Have you heard in your own culture that that's the case? And JL's like, yeah. And Odo's like, Luwaxana, we could totes just get married. Then the baby's mine and I don't really want it. So, like, you'll be free to go. And Luwaxana's, you know, like, oh, great idea. And then Odo's like, but uh, JL really wants us to do this the Tavnian way. And Luwaxana's like, oh, no, so you'll have to prove to my husband that you really love me. And Odo's, are. And that you're worthy of me. And Odo's kind of like, well, I can count on your vote. And yeah. she's like, no, no, you don't understand. all has to buy it, too. And Odo's like, well, fuck.
1: Weirdest fucking wedding rules I've ever hmm. heard.
0: Well, and also they weren't naked, I noticed. Which I know. You know. We'll get into this. We'll get into this. Well, that's a beta. God. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, she is a she's beta. She's a beta- well, listen. In different anyway.
2: traditions. Yeah, this is a Taftanian wedding.
0: Well, anyway. Why? We'll get into this. <laughs> but but anyway, they do the wedding, and Odo gives this beautiful speech about how he always felt alone, and then Luoxana came, and that the first time yeah, he met did. her was the day he stopped being alone or something. And it was really beautiful, and I was, like, a little bit teary-eyed because, God, do I love Odo. But, you know, the whole point was that it would be a sham, and so uh, at the end of the episode-ish, Luoxana's like, look, Odo, this is great, and you're really sweet and all, but I'm gonna go home to Betazoid now, Beta Z, Beta Zoid, which is Beta the planet. Zed. Beta, Zed. I'm Beta Zed is I'm going home to Beta. There's a. Uh, there's a. I'm going to catch the next train to Beta Z because, like, you don't love me. You just like me to be here, and I do love you. And if you never loved me, I'll resent you. So I'm out. And Odo has a really sad face, and then she, yeah, it's just.
1: That's just his face. She,
0: she kissed him goodbye, though, right? He looked. Oh, yeah. re- he looked really. He had a cute little smile that I really loved. Anyway, that's enough about that. It was really nice. The other half is. Fucking creepy as fuck. This weird looking bitch who reminded me of uh, the Borg Queen initially and her Hmm. looks. Maybe it was the five head and the really pale skin. But uh, Onaya shows up and uh, she's like, "Uh, hey, Jake, I uh, see you're writing a book there. And uh, I really like artists. You want to come hang out at my place? And he's like, totally. (laughs) Um, And in order to do so, he blows off his nice, happy family trip that was planned with Cisco and Cassidy. Cisco's like, but I only get leave like once every five years. And Jake's like, yeah, I got an old broad to bang. Maybe I don't know. So <laughs> sorry. So Jake goes to hang out with Anaya, and we get like s- like too many scenes because I think they really were trying to make this the main plot, but they didn't oh, have yeah. enough. Basically, he goes over, and she's like, hey, I have Edgar Allan Poe's quill pen. It wasn't Edgar Allan Poe, but it was someone as relevant. To them, as Edgar Allan Poe is to us, probably more. Here, have this pen. And look, I have real paper. And um, she starts this stuff. Yeah, it was really nice looking paper. It was like vellum. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I, I literally like was like vellum. Anyway, she starts like giving him a really weird head massage. And she goes all like Phantom of the Opera. And she's like, you know, write for me. And turns out, you know, what she's doing is destroying his brain. We know this is definitely true because he gets a couple of nosebleeds. The universal sign
2: of brain problems. Yep.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. He goes to the hospital. She breaks him out. She rubs his head some more. She's scooping his brain energy into her tits, which is really awkward. (laughs) And finally, like Jake, uh, not Jake, uh, Cisco shows up. And yep. And he's like, bitch, get away from my son. And she's like, yeah, I mean, he's going to die, but this novel is going to be great. And Cisco's like, hell no, and tries to shoot her. And she's like, LOL, bye. And just like fades out and floats back into space. Jake is eventually okay. But the great thing at the end is this great reveal is that this is Anselm.
1: This Yay. is the novel
0: that would be Anselm. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Creepy ass. Which
1: only Cisco knows about from the visitor, because little Jake wouldn't have any idea.
2: But it does make me wonder who saved him from Onoya in that timeline. They just never met in that timeline. He would have left the
3: station by then.
2: I thought he only left the station much later.
3: Well, I just imagine events changed enough that she probably just never showed up.
2: Hmm but Anselm's only good because of her influence.
3: I, I, I think that all ties back to what Ben was saying, is that, no, no, the words were in you. She yeah. just coaxed them out.
1: And... Anselm would have been good regardless. She's just doing it, like, she's just coaxing it out of him as he's, what, like, 15 years... No, he's, like, what, 17 He's 18, now?
0: I think. I think okay. he's actually 18, but... Yeah,
1: which makes it a little less creepy, but
0: still incredibly creepy. only a little less. So creepy. <laughs> and again, just the, like... If she was just... Inhaling his essence, or like anything, but the fact that she's just Thread scooping double-handed right into her boobs, I'm like, what is happening here? It's I really mean, a she's shame. not really
2: a woman though. She's like an, an energy, energy yeah. entity, right? So you know, it's it's probably she appears in whatever form
1: is sexiest to the to
2: is the sexiest to, the, to her to her mark. In which case, she should have been appearing as Jennifer Cisco.
0: Yikes! truth. <laughs> I was gonna say Woof. a
3: Bajoran, but
0: uh, listen, she appeared as an older woman, which is absolutely what Jake is into, as yeah. Chris pointed out while we were watching. So I'd say she she got it. It's fine. Yeah, but am I girl? Am it, I correct that her hair changed color as she was sucking his life essence I, off? Yeah,
1: I did read because I I wouldn't have noticed from this episode that apparently in the in the early scenes when she's supposed to be kind of sickly because yeah, she's she hasn't blonde, had the brains. right? Uh, I don't know if she's blonde, but she's definitely wearing much lighter clothes. Has her makeup done much lighter? Wearing a lighter dress, and then as she gets healthier, everything gets more robust and saturated or what okay. have you. So, hmm. so I'm guessing, yeah, there were some some color changes on her to indicate, oh look, she's healthier now because I think they should have made. Brains. I think they
2: should have been a little less subtle with that maybe then because I didn't even pick up on that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I missed actually, that too. Like if they did a Jameson with her or something.
1: Yeah, I was actually shocked this episode because I, I saw that it was nominated for an Emmy in costume design. Maybe for her costume, because I didn't think any of the other costumes were any fucking good this episode. Like, there was a dress Luoxana wore that looked that, like the homeliest thing she's ever owned in her life.
3: Yeah. And yeah. then the wedding, her jammies, the, wedding,
1: the wedding garb just looked like they were covered in towels
3: yeah weird sex
0: oh yeah it was like they just got wrapped in shitty gauze or something i didn't like any of the
1: wedding attire
2: casting note question maybe ames knows i do know but was loxana's husband was that kang
1: it was yeah that was michael and sarah
2: yeah i was gonna say that it was the voice that really
1: gave him away
3: yeah i was like who is that and i looked him up and i was like oh okay and actually I looked at his his background a bit more and I had I missed this previously. Like I know last time we talked about him, I talked about stuff he'd done. He was also a villain in the 70s Buck Rogers at one point. Ooh, Who was it? Do you fancy. remember? He was like the right hand man to the evil empress.
0: Oh yeah. She's hot. <laughs> she
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, he's got a he's got a list of uh credits as long as your arm. A mm. hmm. lot of voice acting too. Oh, Which, nice.
0: yeah i mean it's a he's great a great voice so yeah. got a yeah. great voice yeah he's
2: for got it. that really deep distinctive voice
0: I feel like he has a look to him that he could play humphrey bogart in a biopic mm. <laughs> or could have in the 90s i don't know now he's dead now oh definitely not now then no
2: Yeah. well i don't know if it's a present day humphrey bogart maybe
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> what dear the God. fuck jesus ouch fucking christ
2: <laughs> but uh also <laughs> other casting note i Believe this is the final on-screen appearance of Major Barrett.
1: It is, which may be very sad because, like, i read up on this episode. Like, this is on IMDb the second worst Deep Space Nine episode by rating. What? Which is surprising to me because I expected it to be like as garbage as some of the other garbage we've watched. Like fucking it's just, fascination it's just a or fucking.
2: What fucking anti-Lawaxana hate brigade down yeah. there. Yeah, because I watched this yeah. like, yeah,
1: sure. The The wedding stuff we'll get into. Makes no fucking sense. But all the scenes between her and Odo are actually super sweet.
3: Yeah. they like, really sweet. I really like the uh, the other plot is just...
1: The music pop.
3: And definitely would, like, drag the average rating of the episode down, but... It doesn't make it the second worst DS9 yeah. ever. That's the is, is the worst
2: profit in lace.
1: No. no. But that's close. I think that's the third.
2: Hmm. What is the worst? Out uh of we curiosity? haven't seen it. we haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Really? So that means that uh fucking uh Rumpel
3: Foreskin
1: <laughs> isn't
2: the worst, huh?
1: <laughs> that one's higher than I would ever put it because I think oh, that one's Jesus. fucking trash.
3: I'm, I'm surprised that there's something worse than fucking old Julian and his tennis balls. Oh, yeah, that
2: one, too.
1: God.
3: <laughs> old well, long yeah. balls Julian.
1: No, <laughs> I love this episode. Nice. It reminds me a lot of The Forsaken, where it's a really, really nice part, uh, like story and, you know, some great acting out of Major Barrett. And then the rest of the episode, you're like, this is dumb. I don't like this. Which like, one was that? That was uh, the one with her in an elevator and Pup.
3: Oh, yeah, 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 same thing. Yeah, like her parts are great. Yeah. The rest is shite house. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. dumb. Fucking pop. I feel like I wouldn't have hated the muse part so much if it wasn't just. It's like super repetitive. Yeah. It's like in whatever the fifth Harry Potter book is where we see like 10 scenes of transparently evil woman making him write I will not tell lies and having it oh, like yeah. carved in his hand it's like okay we got it the first three times you don't need <laughs> to keep showing this to us I have a great quote
1: from one of the writers let me find it in my book do, 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 do. yeah this is from Ronald Moore Ronald Moore whom I love he, goes, he does such great work but they all the writers phoned this episode in <laughs> he says the notion of this exotic beautiful older woman who comes to you and gets excited by watching you write is like the most ridiculous idea Only a writer would come up with that. Ah! (laughs) You're sitting there, writing away, and she's just entranced. We watched the scene in the dailies, and we thought, are we insane? What are we doing? How did we get here?
3: (laughs) And I gotta say, speaking as someone who's dabbled in writing, the last thing I want when I'm writing is someone looking over my shoulder, mumbling at me the whole time.
1: (laughs) Rubbing your head. Well,
2: I also think it goes back to that whole idea of The muse. Yeah. Writers like to think that there's some supernatural force propelling them. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Actually, this was a figure that I read. It bears a lot of resemblance to this Irish folklore figure, the Leon and she, who is basically, you know, it's a, it's a, usually a pretty woman shaped thing who will take a human lover and then that human lover will have a brief, but very inspired life and die super young. Huh?
3: See now if the whole plot had involved like Miles figuring it out and saving it the day because it's part of his culture that would have been great. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, now like I don't know. I think the idea that there is some kind of alien force that live you know that feeds on creative energy and has helped artists throughout it's- history is kind of a cool idea. It's, it's kind of like yeah. an original series idea, right? You know. Yeah, I,
3: I I thought that at one point. It's like this feels really TOS.
2: Well, agreed, it's
0: because it's agreed. like Jack. It's like the spirit of Jack the Ripper floating through the cosmos. And yeah, right. Oh shit. yeah, it's yeah. Like exactly. That's true. They live in the same. Yeah. Only,
1: only she escapes and just floats away into the ether, while Jack the Ripper we somehow contained
0: and destroyed. Well, that's because serial killers all secretly want to be caught.
3: Hmm.
0: Well, not all of them, but a lot of them.
3: Well, I think what happened—I I just rewatched that one not long ago. They like he jumped into the Enterprise computer, but then they like had it run a program. Oh that yeah,
0: it ran, it, they, they ran their antivirus pie, right? software.
3: Yeah, and then he had to jump back into a body, and that body died, and he couldn't jump anywhere else or something. Well,
0: that doesn't that make be, the that question. Like Norton Antivirus three thousand by then.
3: Yeah. So, are they the same species, maybe? Because he fed yeah. on fear. This thing feeds on creativity. Oh, maybe. What was the thing in the
2: TAS Kang episode? What? Wasn't there some kind of weird energy that uh that was, that was they had to... The TOS
1: episode? Oh, yeah. It was a T... They, yeah, the, no, the
2: TAS episode was different. No, it was a T... You're right. It was a TOS yeah, episode where they all oh, had they to laugh. They
1: the dove, the It's a laugh.
2: The yeah, that one fed off away. of...
3: That one fed off of their, uh... Their... Bad feelings, right? Yeah. yeah. But that, that was, was a like different.
2: that was the ooze from Ghostbusters 2.
3: I also think it made them all effectively immortal so they could have like warred for eternity. No. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that was part of it. So kind of opposite problem, I guess. Slightly. Um but yeah, the idea, like you said, is really quite solid. It just the execution here was wanting.
1: Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't ever a big fan of of Muse Lady.
2: I wanna know so she gives them all these like souvenirs, right? You know? Mm. So-and-so's pen, somebody's thing, you know, Hemingway shotgun, who knows.
0: Oh, ah, gosh. God. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ.
2: <laughs> so she gives him all this crap, but then she turns into an energy being and floats away. Like, so, like. Subface. She, just, she
1: like, starts m- it
0: to the face. That's all.
2: Yeah. Is she, yeah, probably. Or is she just, like, rep- Like every time she gets to a new place, she just replicates some fake garbage yeah. shit. Or some that. Somebody. Like,
0: it says Made in China on this. <laughs> <laughs> it says
2: Made in Curly's fucking... Replicator on this nah. it says made it quarks.
1: I liked how Jake's handwriting turned to shit the further the episode. Got. I want to
2: know how someone who's never used <laughs> fucking paper <laughs> no in his life, shit. no, a has good handwriting to begin with, and also knows cursive and knows how to use a fucking fountain pen. Let's
0: be fair; it wasn't good handwriting. I it mean, I thought like the initial nice.
2: one, the penmanship was pretty okay, but then I mean, by the end, than mine. He was,
0: but it's a low bar, you know.
2: Still. He's like, is this paper?
0: <laughs> suddenly, how do I hold a pen?
2: Hold on, let me do some calligraphy on this. Well,
0: she stimulated the knowing how to hold a pen portion of his body. That's and, accurate, yep. That's what and she happens. was saying that the spots were like the chakra or like what the Vulcans called, I don't know, some shit. Do you remember?
3: The hoodly doodlies.
0: No, that ain't it. Vulcans would remember. never say that. Be but like yeah. to hoodly spadoodlies.
3: It's a shame there aren't... Many Ferengi artists. I feel like she'd do well there.
1: She would just give them UMOX.
3: Yeah. And they'd yeah. like. She'd never have to leave Ferenginar. They'd be lining up for it, knowing full well what the end result would be. Nice. Death by UMOX.
0: <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the flesh is. Spongy. spongy and bruised. bruised. So bruised. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I want to talk about the wedding. Yeah. Yes. Let's do that. Because I got very pissed
1: off by about all these things about the wedding.
0: Dude. Well, like, I just,
1: I can't imagine...
0: Go ahead, Ames, I'm sorry.
1: Mainly mainly, my gripe is, I mean, A, what society would have it in their rules as the husband of the mother instead of just the biological the father. father. Yeah. But like that's the stupidest thing to be in their rules ever considering
0: they're such a sexist society. Well, it's, well no, no, actually, that's exactly why, because yeah. they are the most sexist society.
3: It's all about property rights.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. Also,
2: I think, like, if the... It, you know, it's probably like that, too, you know, if there's an extra mar- marital affair or something like that, too. Like, what's the situation there?
1: Oh, she doesn't even need to divorce the guy. All she has to do That's is get weird, married yeah. again, and that nullifies the original uh, marriage. And also, well, uh, as, as we mentioned, like, the fact that she's having, like, that Lwaxana and Odo are having a Tavnian wedding instead of a Betazoid wedding or just a generic wedding and that they have to follow all the Tavernian rules, just entirely took me out of this episode.
0: Well, and also, like, imagine that one of the rules of your wedding is that, like, your ex has to say, oh, yeah, they look like they're really in love. Like, no one is ever gonna be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they seem to really be into each other, I yeah, feel like. Yeah,
1: I feel like the writers wrote themselves into a corner with how to... How to finish off this La plot.
2: I don't know, but the 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 idea that they have to have the Tavnian wedding does make sense to me because if the whole idea is that they're trying to annul a previous Tavnian marriage, it would make sense that they would have to do so within the structure of the Tavnian mm, legal system. They never
1: established that, and I got very confounded.
2: That was kind of my assumption too, though. You know, it's like you can if you get a divorce a legal divorce, it doesn't... You know, the Catholic Church doesn't recognize that. Hmm. You know, so if, you, if you've if you gotten married in a Catholic Church, you're married. I think the Pope can issue divorces, but that's about it.
3: Yeah, you can get an, uh, an annulment.
1: Is that true?
3: I think, yeah. I think technically if you get a divorce, they can also choose to excommunicate you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but what the fuck does a care about any of that? Is the, well, is I think point. the
3: issue is that, like, if...
2: So if it had, if the Tavnian authorities didn't recognize the legitimacy of her marriage to Odo, then then they would back, you know, Kang and say, no, that kid (laughs) is Kang's, and they'll have an international incident.
3: Yeah, this just saves a lot of, a lot of, like, lawsuits and shit.
1: She should at least get to be naked.
3: Hmm. Well, that's, that's just a function of it was network TV.
1: They did it before. Well, all you got to do is show show it from shoulders up.
2: I want to see what back. what like like Odo would have been. Would he just be in, been a Ken doll in oh, that yeah. scenario? Yeah.
0: I mean, he technically, he doesn't wear
2: clothes. Like his clothes are part of him.
0: Yeah. So I guess
3: he's always sort of naked.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting thought.
3: Or he's like a Stretch Armstrong. Hmm. okay
0: oh I
1: have the I have the original design of how the. Tavernian wedding chamber was supposed to look. I'll show you guys in a minute, but but our listeners won't be able to see because originally the idea, yeah, the originally the idea for the wedding would be that okay, so groom and bride go into this Tavnian wedding chamber, which just looks like an upright coffin, basically, Uh. and you trap them in the box for sixteen hours, and then presumably while they're in the box they bang and the the. and whilst they're, like, they started building this thing, and the writers are like, we can't figure out how to make this box thing work in the story. We're just gonna scrap the box, but thanks for starting on it, guys.
3: What were they on this episode?
1: <laughs> the muse had gotten to them and was sucking their brains out.
3: <laughs> I think the muse is code for, like, way too much blow. Hm.
0: Lots of quaaludes. Yeah, dear. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Yeah, but Majel was the one who came up to them at, like, the Season 3 wrap party and said, I got an idea. Luoxana is pregnant and claims that it's Odo's. Hmm.
3: I-, I like what they built from that.
2: Yeah, as I say, that, that seems pretty deceitful. I don't see Luoxana doing that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's not uh, the type to poke holes in condoms, I feel yeah, like, no. and that's what that feels like.
3: But, oh, there was uh, that lovely scene... Where uh, Odo makes his arm a blanket.
0: That was cute. Oh, when yeah. she fell asleep.
1: Uh. Yeah, I did love all all their scenes together. I loved Odo's wedding speech thing, which yeah, I originally was thought was going to be him delivering about Kira as a way to get around like what are my true feelings. But I then, asked oh, they they I were asked actually that. about the Waxana. Yeah, they
3: yeah. which I think was nice.
1: It was yeah. very
0: nice because the beginning it was sort of more generic where you could say, maybe, maybe, but then it became so specific and so clear. Yeah. And it's, I like that uh, Luoxana told Odo about the daughter that she lost. Yeah. And mm-hmm. made him kind of understand, like, more of the situation. I don't know. I hope I don't we know. meet
1: her son in Picard.
0: Oh, that would no, be No, cool. I don't, but whatever. I'm just, I'm I'm really honestly bummed that this is the last time we're gonna see her. I really yeah. like Luoxana. Like, she She was super annoying in the beginning, and then she had half a life. And ever since then, I've been like, I love you, even in that stupid Alexander episode.
3: That is a huge (laughs) turning point for the character.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I do think that, like, in terms of pairings, her and Odo do fit really well together. Yeah. You know, she never really gelled, I don't think, with Picard, because it just kind of became like this,
3: like, boys! You yeah, know. well, the whole point just was that he didn't know what to do with her. I feel like with with Odo and her, it's more of like an auntie Mame situation, where at first he doesn't quite know what's going on, but then she actually does start to teach him to kind of embrace life a little more. Hmm.
0: She's good yeah. at that. Yeah, that's her whole
1: thing. It's yeah, her shtick. Yeah, and the two <laughs> of them can kind of be. I want to say broken at each other, but broken isn't quite the word what, what I'm looking for. It can be, um. Uh, no, the word's not coming. But they can they can show their inner feelings, show their, their inner.
0: Light? Light. And yeah. She doesn't
3: have to be on with him. Yeah. And he can be more vulnerable.
0: They're genuine. Yeah. yeah. Genuine?
3: Yeah. Which I think is important.
0: But I was pretty sad for him when she left, because I know, like. She's Like she said, he probably didn't love her, but he's probably never been that comfortable with any other person. And, you know, he seemed kind of happy for a minute. Yeah.
1: Normally yeah, I... Even, even with Kira, he's not this vulnerable. Vulnerable is the word I believe. There
0: it is. Vulnerable. Good one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. When he even got into that, right? Like talking about, you know, I never thought anyone would want me, would want me for me and, you know... Yeah, and
1: she wanted to see more and it's lovely.
0: Yeah, I loved that. It is too bad it was paired with such a fucking piece of shit. A slash B plot. I do think that the Muse was meant to be the A plot, but I think it's so overshadowed by some of the beautiful work happening on the other side that it does get kind of relegated to. Well,
2: there also just wasn't a lot to the yeah. Muse plot. You That's know, true. it was like... Well, right, it was the it, same it was like,
0: scene six times in a row. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to keep jerking, keep writing. Okay, <laughs> buddy.
3: I guess you could argue... Uh... Well, Oksana was Odo's muse when he had to give that speech.
0: Barf. Aw.
3: But that's about all I got.
1: Oh, you know what else we got like to see is more of King Arthur
0: program. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm. I yeah, saw yeah, apparently, Kira re- I thought that was really funny it.
0: because Kira, it, you know, the first time was objecting to it because she's like, I was playing a married woman.
3: Maybe they're having her play a different character this time.
0: Well, it's well. I feel like if anybody should be playing Guinevere, it should definitely be Dax because she's always looking for that Hollow Dick. But <laughs> I'm also just... just surprised to see Hollow Sweet becoming part of Kira's like every day, considering that the first half of the series she was like vehemently anti Hollow Deck.
3: Well, that's how you know she's kind of chilling out a little.
1: Yeah, I yeah. feel like Dax is pulling her out of her shell a bit.
3: I also think it's mostly just like hey... Let's have an excuse to slap those two in those idiot costumes again. Uh, Yeah. Now the question is, had Dax just finished calisthenics with Worf and was heading on to that, or was she going to go calisthenics after King Arthur? Both. There we go.
1: Calisthenics Uh, around us. King Arthur sandwich.
2: Maybe Dax accidentally double booked her holodeck team. Uh, And and they were going to merge the programs.
1: Maybe they're going to have
0: a three-way. You don't know. Yeah, Could I be.
1: missed what Worf was doing there, other than being depressed, which I started assuming was, is Luoxana's depression contagious, like her horniness was? Yeah. I,
3: I think that was sort of the implication.
1: Yeah.
3: But yeah, no, Worf was definitely in his, yeah, He was
2: like, in his gi.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say huge credit to uh, Michael Dorn for just the blank, empty, I'm dead inside look on his face. Do you want to go for a walk? <laughs> I would like to. Or how the, his delivery on that one line was just... Hysterical. It's like he didn't even
0: blink. Yeah. He didn't move mm-hmm. a muscle. He just responded. It was very funny.
3: Yeah, it was great.
0: Is that it for this episode? Any more magic facts or thoughts? One minor little
1: little no- nod that I, I read about, and that was one of the poets that Onaya says that she rubbed the head of or whatever she does. Yikes. Was uh, Tar Bold, who was supposed to be the poet who wrote Nightingale Woman, who was quoted by Gary Mitchell in "Where No Man Has Gone Before"?
3: Oh wow! Huh.
1: So they dug that out from storage. Oh yeah. hell! I'm sure I would. I'm sure no one would ever get the reference unless you like looked it up or something. Yeah, because I Wait, was that wouldn't... that
2: name was actually said on screen by Gary Mitchell.
1: Uh, I think he 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 said something to the fact of the guy who wrote Nightingale Woman from This Planet. Somehow there is a connection that does exist.
0: God damn. Was Gary Mitchell was that the was he was like the He was uh, silver tele- contact lenses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that the same? No, who was the guy that had the telekinesis? That was Gary Charlie Mitchell. Charlie X? Was it? Yeah. Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. Well, Charlie it was X. Charlie
2: X. Yeah, okay. they had ESP. Gary Mitchell had ESP.
0: Okay, I couldn't remember uh, which was which. That's I kind of thought I was mixing them up, but I yeah, wasn't. They were sure. both
1: very, very early TOS. Yeah. yeah.
3: God, every was, time I what, think literally about literally the those... second pilot, right? Yeah, they were even still. Some of the actors were still in like cage uniforms.
0: Mm-hmm. Every time I think about those aluminum foil contacts, I'm like, Ugh, yeah, it just makes my eyes hurt. I'm like, no. Speaking of making people hurt for the cause, <laughs> <laughs> good segue, Caitlin. Jumped right on that sucker. Well, and it and it works because Cisco, yeah, you know, gets a little hurted. And I bet Jake is regretting blowing off that trip now. Maybe. Anyway, in For the Cause... Gosh, I don't even really remember how we get to this point. Um, uh, we start basically, in bed
1: with Cassidy.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. And she's like, I have to make a meeting. And Cisco's like, yeah, you got to make a meeting with this dick. And she was like, no, really, I got to go. <laughs> and so she does. And turns out the Klingons fucked up Cardassia and a lot of their territories way worse than we at first realized. So there's a secret, super secret Starfleet or Federation or whatever, Federation, I guess, plan to give them 12 Reclamators. Replicators. Replicators. Was it Replicators?
3: Yeah. Yeah. They were like industrial Replicators. Oh, okay,
0: fine. To which Kira was like, you fuckers only give Bajor three, which was literally my response. I'm like, you guys made them fucking fight over them in Bajor. But they were like, no, it's like really extensive... So it's this whole secret thing and we, you know, we're gonna make sure that the replicators get there and we, it's a top secret, you know, high priority, blah, blah, blah. But while they're having this discussion or after they're having this discussion, Cisco is approached by Odo and that rat fuck Eddington who are like, (laughs) "Uh, we've got some concerns. We think there might be a smuggler who's working with the McKee and Ben's like, who? And they're like, you're not gonna like it. He's like, come on, who? And they're like, we really don't want to tell you. And he's like, just say it. And they're like, Cassidy. And he's like, what? No, that's dumb. That can't be right. And he kind of abuses his power a little bit. Um because mm-hmm. they're oh, yeah. like, you know, we're we're gonna arrest the fuck out of her. And he's like, just based on your suspicions? So they're like, okay, well, we're gonna follow her and prove that she's trading with the Maquis, then. And he's like, okay, cool. And before they do this, they try to do a little scanny scan of Cassidy's, um, you know. Cargo. Cargo. Thank you. Words. Tries to scan Cassidy's cargo. And she's like, I don't have any fucking time for this. I'm going to call my boyfriend, Ben. Tell them to let me go. And Ben's like, I'm an idiot. Let her go. <laughs> and so she does. And they follow her. And, uh, what do you know? She makes a drop to the Maquis in the Badlands, what? just like they thought. Fuck. So she comes back and they're like, here's that proof we told you about. And she's going out again tonight. Well, we better follow her. Eddington is like, uh, she could totes die. I don't want this shit on my head. So Cisco's like, "Okay, I'll drive the Defiant then. So They follow her out again. But this time she's like in a holding pattern for five hours. And Cisco is like, wait a minute, they're not here. They wanted me away from the ship. Oh no, she set me up and she knows it. And oh no, Jake is there. And ah, and what do you know? They got, they were taken away or drawn away from Deep Space Nine because Eddington is a fucking Maquis agent. And he was like, fuck the Cardis and the replicators. I was like, literally at the beginning of the episode, Chris can, can confirm I was like, don't take it from Eddington. He's just gonna turn traitor again, you <laughs> idiots! Why do you let him do anything?
1: He's still clearly a changeling. Come on, guys.
2: Dude just loves turning coat.
0: But so anyway. Hey! Ay. Hey-o! Oh yeah, that's the B plot. Thanks oh, for yeah. reminding me. I forgot all about that. So Cisco turns around and rushes home, and they're able to catch Eddington and cassidy's kind of welcome to go her own way but she shows up and is like i don't want to let this go and he's like me either and he's like okay but you're going to prison now and he calls security and uh (laughs) she's like wait for me and he's like yeah we'll see uh so that's basically that but i'm ugh, i was so bummed at the beginning i was like fuck I was like, no, before they, when they were, when they were like trying to break it to him, I was like, Cassidy's bad, isn't she? God oh, no. damn it. I was really upset. And they
1: were right, which I wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, especially since we know that Eddington like orchestrated everything, it could have just been a big fucking lie thing that she maybe didn't know or.
1: Yeah. Instead, I was hoping. totally blew her cover.
0: I was hoping somebody was getting blackmailed. Like I, I was like, please don't let Cassidy be. But also I don't know. Eh, eh. We can, we'll get get it, we can get yeah, into we'll whether get into or not her providing supplies to people that need them is bad. But the B-plot is that for someone who is so into Ger- uh, to Julian, uh, Garrick seems to have a weird reptilian boner thing for Zial. And Zial like, seems to be into it. And Garrick is kind of like, does she want to fuck me or kill me? I can't really tell. I am wow. her father's sworn enemy. And she's like, want to hit the sauna? And wanna he's sana? like, wanna sa- Don't you, you wanna wanna, wanna wow. sauna? Yeah, that's right. I have mine. Anyway, <laughs> love it, love it. So, so they decide they're gonna go have this like date thing. Is it a date? Is it not a date? Garrick doesn't really know. Uh, I don't. Who does he talk to? Cork. Quark? Yeah. Cork's like, it's a fucking date. You're a man. She's a woman. It's a date. Uh gross. Gross. So Kira shows up while Quark, Cork is snarking at uh, Garrick about his cuffs and collars. And uh Kira's like, "Listen, Zial's my friend and I will fucking end you if you fuck with her." And Garrick's like, "I don't uh no, I wouldn't. It's all good." So then they get to it's sauna day and Garrick is still suspicious and he's being really awkward like like a virgin on his first date and like standing in the corner and shit and he's like what is this and she's like uh it's a fucking sauna why don't you just chill on the rocks i don't really want to kill you you're the only one like me here and i'm the only one like you here and therefore we should probably be friends and if you don't want to be that's fine but like want to sit on some rocks and tell me about home and he's like okay won't need this gun yeah throws the gun away (laughs) and they chit chat and they're friends now the end
1: how does Garrick have a gun? Aren't there, a, aren't there those sensors that don't allow you to have a gun?
3: You don't think Garrick could get a gun through
2: fair. the sensors?
1: okay, entirely fair.
3: I do like that they just are literally basking on rocks.
1: Yep. They're lizards, it's great.
3: No, I know, but it's just funny to, for them to take it to that logical endpoint.
1: No, I like that, that was good. I don't care for the new zeal. I'll, I'll say it right off the bat. This is our second of three zeals. <laughs> I thought she was... Weaker than the first one because you know I, I mentioned to Jake as we're watching like the last we saw the first Zial, Kira was teaching her knife play. Mm. This girl shows up and I don't know she had all these she read so like Shakespeareanly that's not a word it is now she read in, in this very theatrically way when she does that that final monologue at him about you know I don't know anything about Cardassia and I'm not welcome there because I got these nose bumps boo. She just read it like she was like Juliet on her deathbed.
0: So she's learning knife play from Kira and acting from Cisco.
1: Ugh. <laughs> no, I thought she was, I don't know. She just didn't have the agency that she had
0: in original episode. Yeah, she
2: definitely like seemed so. more like, the, like, you know, the, the the helpless girl trope.
0: Almost like submissive, like just yeah. very quiet and head naughty. Just kind of made me think of like um, one of the handmaids. The Handmaid's Tale almost, like, very head down, very...
3: Yeah, like, it's like they were going for, you know, you're you're interesting to me because you can tell me about the home I never knew, but they kind of override the pudding. And she wound up, like you said, as this sort of weird damsel figure.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that could really also weird. be,
2: you know, that could be some sort of a Cardassian hoarding behavior you know some kind of you know oh you, you know. have to act demure we as saw, a woman to attract saw, a mate or
3: something
1: no we saw gilora rajal who was into o'brien that chick and mm. they were just dicks
0: to each other and it got her off
3: oh that's true mm. that's right cardassian courting is a sitcom i forgot yeah that's right i forgot yeah
2: so that's i actually true. also
0: remembered something like that but then i thought maybe i was thinking of klingons <laughs> yeah because yeah,
1: I, I, we'll see more of Zial, but never not but not more as this actress there's a third one who I think is like the the Zial we see the most of, so it's the one that's kind of like the the yeah. The I, typical, sh- I think the
2: she's the, the season five Zial is 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 our
0: <laughs> the platonic Zial ideal. <laughs> yes.
3: I just I'm, I don't remember this whole thread with Garrick, and I'm just like the age gap is weird. Can they just be friends? I don't oh, need them. Do to Do we be re- really know how old Garrick is? I mean, he's at he least was, as old as Ducat, if not older.
1: Yeah, he was du- in the Asidian Order. I'm sure he's got tons of experience under his belt. Well, so-
3: I don't know though, right? Because
2: Tane was is so we have so we have Tane, who was his like his Love mentor, him. and he's not that much older. Or I mean, he doesn't look a lot older than Ducat Tane to me.
3: Yeah, or maybe like, that's I, just because of the makeup. I imagine. I've always been under the impression, at least, that Ducat and Garrick are contemporaries.
1: That would make sense. But I could
2: also buy that, that... like I've always been of that assumption, too, but I could also buy that Garrick is younger.
3: Mm. Yeah, I guess I'll admit that part of my expectation is, is based partly on knowing the actor is older as well.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I always forget that, because he doesn't look it under the makeup. Yeah,
3: you can't really tell, but yeah, he was... Well, gosh, he was the bad guy in the original Dirty Harry.
0: Well, what I was saying when we talked about this a little bit last night was I don't know if we know, like, what a lifespan is on a Cardassian. True. So Mm -hmm. I feel like if a Cardassian could theoretically live to be 500 years old, if he's 40 and she's 20, like, yeah, if you're a human, that can be a little ugh, but if you're going to live for another... 400 years, no big. I don't yeah, know. Like
1: like like the True. Vulcans lived to 200, and how many fucking wives has Saurik had?
0: Well, at least two. Well,
3: if, you know, he didn't have the human fever, he would have had one.
0: The human fever, <laughs> yikes.
2: Well, and, you know, like, uh, Savik, I mean, talk about uh, May, December there. I mean, <laughs> how old is Spock? Four days?
0: Ah, oh, God. Doesn't happen. Sounds doesn't like count. a Neelix and what's-her-name. Movie didn't happen. <laughs> Movie is so bad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but we do have,
1: like, the best Garrick stuff is him and Quark. Yeah. Because you put the two together, and then the sass meter just explodes, and I love them so much. Yeah, that uh,
3: scene in his shop was great. I think there was a mistake in one of the lines, though, that no one caught. What was the line? He says the pants are a meter too long, and it's like, a meter? That's I, practically I, a I yard. Gu- I,
2: I did, it's more than a yard. I picked that up, but I also, I was like, oh, is he just being hyperbolic here. oh like, yeah you know, these, these pants are outrageously
3: long i did like that it did sort of seem like a slightly unfinished coat like it was a little too big for him yeah
0: listen it was what they had in the stock room for some reason
3: <laughs> i,
0: just, <laughs> I, I still don't like understand
2: why do you something. need yeah a tailor like i could see i could see needing like a fashion designer you know, and I'd buy it if that's what Garrick did. But the yeah. fact that he's like sewing garments
0: just seems yeah. ridiculous. I think and the fashion be, design it would be like owning an Aston Martin. You don't have to make a car by hand. It's a status symbol. Mm. That's yeah, what I but, think. But then
2: again, I feel like for that you would put you know, you would have a tailor shop in, you know, a really high-end place. Not the backwater.
0: What's Quark going to do? Leave to get some suits made and leave fucking... He doesn't even have ROM anymore to leave in charge. That's absolutely not going to happen. He has to Mm -hmm. be able to do it before the bar opens at 11 or whatever. True. And if he's the only tailor in the place, that does make him the best tailor in the place.
2: Yeah, no, I guess my thing is just more that, like, why why does a tailor exist? Yeah, like a fashion
1: designer in the future is a programmer they make a program and they and they create their fashion in in the program and then print it out. Well, I can
2: imagine it wouldn't be much different than like using, you know, Photoshop or something, you know, some kind of you draw what you want the garment to look like and you input the you know, the the client's parameters, you know. Well, not everybody has
0: replicators either. Like they'd probably have shitloads of people making clothes on Bajor.
2: You know who does have replicators? The Maquis. 12 (laughs) of them now
1: nice segue jake it was good
2: 12 industrial
3: replicators yeah man
2: yeah there's a lot to unpack here right because like we have eddington's final betrayal until we find out you know that he's like a secret undercover agent infiltrating the maquis
0: cisco might still take him back (laughs)
2: and the the industrial replicators they'll make anything they'll just make it 3 centimeters smaller than you specify What? The, the industrial replicators they're sabotaged.
1: <laughs>
2: so if you want to get it to make you clothes they'd be slightly too small.
3: So we had a uh, Eddington man when he when he drops the facade he drops it hard. He had a speech ready. He was oh, like yeah. practicing that motherfucker in front of a mirror.
0: They caught him monologuing.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, after his fake-out, when... Who asks him, is it O'Brien, that fool? Um, what on he the thinks divine? about... Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the McKee? I don't think anything. Hmm, suspicious.
3: If I'm told to, totally
1: a changeling.
3: If I'm told to arrest them, I arrest them. If I'm told to help them, I help them. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be
2: surprised if Eddington turned out to be a changeling. Because this is the exact kind of shit I could see the changelings doing, right? Is you know, undermining the Federation by supplying their enemies.
1: Yeah. Screwing Cassidy Yates over just to make sure he gets those reclamators replicators. No, I'm doing it. Jesus Christ. That is kind of
3: some, that that does suck. You know, it's like, all right, we got this woman who's not technically a Maquis. She just smuggles stuff for us. We're going to, we're going to throw her to the wolves.
1: Yeah for this larger that.
3: operation.
1: I've done that. It reminds me of a, a time I was playing Mafia and I almost never got to be the hitman or whatever that the murderer is called in that game. And my other my my co-hitman was the worst liar in the world. Like she was she could not lie and her boyfriend was there and can tell when she's lying.
0: I so don't remember first- us playing this together. <laughs>
1: So on the very first night, everyone points at her and says she's definitely in the Mafia. And I'm like, oh yeah, she totally is. Kill her off now. Nice. Because then, cause then they didn't suspect me.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> and she would have just taken me down, so fuck her. <laughs> and I won that game, damn it. Nice. nice.
3: But, uh, Eddington.
1: So watching Eddington this episode, and then watching Cisco get all paranoid, it gave me, like, the biggest Othello vibes. And I was like, oh my god. Cisco's Othello to Eddington's Iago would make for an amazing performance.
3: Yeah. I'd
1: also because Iago is like is like my favorite Shakespeare character. And I'm someone who doesn't like Shakespeare, so that um, would make a good good a good show. Yeah. yeah. So
2: you know, every time someone on the show starts criticizing the Federation as Eddington did in his final <laughs> Gene speech,
1: Roddenberry rolls in his grave?
2: Well, no, every time I find someone does that, I find myself going, Yeah, he's got a point.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I literally turned to Chris and was like shit Eddington, Eddington's spilling the tea. He says to he says to, to Cisco, nobody leaves paradise. Nobody puts up a parking lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and like what's interesting is Cisco doesn't really have a, a retort other than you broke Shut the up. fucking rules. Yeah, no yeah. uh uh-uh. <laughs> like, like I'm i am you you betrayed me personally, and for that I will scour the galaxy to get my
3: revenge.
0: Yes, which
3: was like, whoa, wow. That's
2: well,
0: mostly because like, he fucked over his girlfriend, no, and yeah, now he can't totally. have nice things. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not so much about Eddington specifically at that point.
3: But yeah, I no, He yeah. said you, know, you people can't imagine anyone wanting to leave.
2: I mean, I don't know how true that is, because I mean, it seems like the Maquis... You know, Eddington's like, "Oh, the Maquis were peaceful. We're just, we just have a, our our problem is with Cardassia." And it's like, "Hmm, yeah, but like that
3: might be an oversimplification as well." Yeah, there's been some, been some thefts and shit. Yeah, so...
2: but why you shouldn't
0: know... Cardassia get some of what they dealt out though?
2: No, that's that's fair.
0: I'm willing to go Old Testament eye for an eye on this. Yeah, I mean, but I the... think
2: it's also like you know, if you know, if you had a country. And you had some terrorists call them, or freedom fighters, somebody might call them, I don't know. You had people in your country, that lived in your country, that were going into the neighboring country and doing terroristy shit. It could very well be that, you know, the country that's being attacked could have a problem with the country that's harboring the assholes.
0: Right, no, that's true.
2: You know, <laughs> you Afghanistan. Though, <clears throat>
3: yeah,
0: but it was my impression that the Maquis don't have a home country.
3: Yeah, no, they officially live in the DMZ or whatever.
0: Yeah. Badlands. They but I, think the, the I think Federation.
2: the idea, though, is that Cardassia is like, these are your people. They're living in there illegally. They're attacking our shit. So get them out of there.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the other problem, of course, that like, and I know we talked about this since TNG, but every, all the dealings with the Cardassians over all of this have just been done in bad faith the whole time. Oh, and, yeah. It's it's kind of funny to see that even with this new civilian government, like, they're still leaving it to the Federation to fix this, when again, it's really not their responsibility. You know, it, yeah. it's more like if a, a group of terrorists, like, left a country, set up camp in international waters, and was attacking another one, and them going to the other country and being like, hey, deal with this. It's like, they're literally not our citizens anymore. They burnt their passports.
0: They took off their comm badges. Yeah. They're out. <laughs> That's tell you,
3: know, it's real,
0: man. I yep,
2: know, when man. Eddington, when Eddington stuck that to the wall, I was like, oh, shit's on now. It's mm-hmm.
0: real now. Yep.
3: <laughs> that, 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 was, that, that was a real declaration. That's not even just throwing it away. That's sticking it up where everyone can see.
0: Sticking it to the man. Yeah. Metaphorically. Yeah. And pissing on it. Do you yeah. think metaphorically. You stick, <laughs> do you think literally.
1: when
3: you stick your comm
2: badge to, like, the wall of, of the station, and then somebody goes... You know, locate Commander Eddington. Do you think the computer says, Commander Eddington is the
3: station?
1: <laughs> Commander Eddington is in the walls.
3: <laughs> they try to beam the station to itself. Hmm. Big just like a chunk of space inverts.
0: Oh, no.
3: Big space, subspace inversion asshole like thing. Like that kid that went over the, the bars
2: yeah, on the up swing.
0: Boy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What?
2: Oh, it was an old Nickelodeon short. Yeah, it was like a like a stop motion thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you went over the bar inside, inside out.
2: out? Yeah, no, inside out boy. He goes over the swing. The bar like the, the thing is, if you go over the bar on the swings, your entire body turns inside out and all your organs are on the outside. That's yeah.
0: gross.
2: It wasn't like it's was strangely not gross. Hmm. It's hard to explain. If you don't know what it is. I it's don't, hard to explain. I it. don't
0: remember it, but are we talking, like, really early Nickelodeon? In, like,
3: mid-90s, probably. Yeah. Huh. I don't even remember what the story is. I assume it was, like, edutainment, and he teach you about the liver and shit by going, See this blob here? That's my yeah. liver. I don't remember it.
2: Yeah, like, all, all I remember is going over the thing, and I remember the stop motion.
3: Yeah, it was, like, yeah, like, very 2 Oh, plane. yes,
0: I remember him. Yeah. Fucking
3: nightmarish in 1989, retrospect.
0: by the way. Wow,
3: that early. Wow. Shit.
0: And he had five
1: shorts. Ooh. Gonna have to find them and put them on the Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm. Cassidy.
1: Cassidy, yeah. Cassidy. I think it's in her character. I think it's actually pretty in her character to want to help the Maquis.
2: Well, I also like how they kind of try to get her off the hook by being like, it's medical supplies. Mm-hmm. Not it's like not it's like it's weapons. weapons. Yeah. Shut up. Like, yeah. But up, <laughs> are you're But you being the patsy and, you know, luring Cisco away from the station allowed the Maquis to steal a bunch of r- actual important shit.
0: Well, Yeah, but I feel like she was being honest when she said she didn't know that was what was oh,
2: happening. Oh, sure. No, no. She, I mean, she was definitely being played by Eddington. But, yeah. Or, yeah, that- you know, the other Maquis, whoever gave her her orders. I'm sure she didn't know it was Eddington. Or maybe she did. We don't know.
0: I feel like if she knew it was Eddington, she would have to tell Cisco. Because if she knew it was Eddington and didn't tell Cisco, then that's kind of fucked up.
1: Yeah, True. I don't feel like there's any way she knew it was Eddington. Because also yeah. Eddington is like, Eddington plays this like so, so very smart. Yeah. And, the, and he hides his tracks until like the last fucking moment when they realize, oh God, he was a changeling all the time. I mean, he was a turncoat all the time.
2: Yeah. And I'm 100% sure, you know, they, he goes to Cisco with Odo to, to do this whole thing about, oh, we think Cassidy might be supply, you know, a Maquis agent, but you know, it was Eddington that went to to Odo and was like, hey, we should check out Cassidy Yates's shit because, uh, I, you know, I've been doing some checking here.
1: Yeah. I like that, um... There was a very another very small nod to a past TOS episode when they say that she's going to go meet the Tholians, mm. and the Tholians are famously punctual. And I'm like, oh my god, that's exactly what Spock said in the Tholian Web. <laughs> it's like very very nice little little touch. I'm going to go to, uh, and it made me think because I've been watching the lower uh, lower decks. Ugh, God. <laughs> And the thing that everyone on the internet is all like, oh my god, we're just fan-wanking all over the place because they make so many references. They make like 12 references per minute to old See, that, TOS episodes. Yeah, it's too many. And I'm like, it's yeah, also, no, this is how you do a nice nod.
2: You know, it's also the same type of shit, not to do a fucking Lower Decks hate well, moment, but... By
1: by this episode, I think the Lower Decks season one is over by the time this goes out.
2: Um, but so, like rant away. I find that the constant references are dropping. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very fan servicey.
1: Wank, 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 wank. And they said, Riker. Ah!
2: And like, and just like some of them are just so out of place too. It's like, we'll just name drop a thing that you will have heard of if you watch Star Trek for no reason.
1: Yeah. And like literally 15 times in a row, but We'll cover those in a couple of years, and Jake will have quit the podcast by then.
0: <laughs> no, Jake never leave us. Yeah, Jake's uh, already gone. Yeah.
2: Oh man, yeah. So I don't know. I was. Um. I like Eddington. that they did this to Cassidy. Oh, the writers. Yeah.
1: No, you know, it ups because the not that, like it, not it. that,
2: like it, it, it adds, it adds some depth to her character. That no, yeah, like she was already a pretty decent character as it was, but this kind of adds that element of conflictedness to mm. her. Yeah, and um, to Cisco too. And and yeah, mm. and Cisco let himself Cisco. trust. Yeah. Oof. You know, his scene with Jake in this episode where he's like, it's yeah. gonna be okay. It's just you know, no matter what happens, it's me and you. It's like holy
3: shit. He's really we'll having a crisis right now. Deck. I did uh I did look up the nineteen sixty eight 1968... Yankees. No, what was sixty one Yankees and seventy eight Red Sox.
1: Yes. Who who would have won Chris? Oh
3: god the Yankees. Because I looked up, because I looked up the both rosters. I started with the Red Sox, and they had, like, Yastrinsky and God one or two it. other people that...
0: We're talking about baseball again.
1: Even God it, damn it. And e- Batman, too. Fuck say, this was, episode. Was Batman I'm on bro, the Red Bat Sox Bat Boys, at that time? I
3: purposely, <laughs> I purposely did not talk about Ansara's work on Batman. So
0: Thank you, Chris. Because you we have before. So. I, exactly.
3: Go, Go on. on um, 68, 71.
0: Yeah, the 78...
3: Red Sox had like Yastrinsky and Jerry Rice and a few other guys that like even someone like me who doesn't really know sports knew their name. So I was like, OK, that's Yankees. a that's a good roster. But then like the 61 Yankees still had Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, no. That, yeah. Of course, they fucking won. Like, like the, how
2: did the how did the uh let's see what's 1978 Red Sox did they say do what their on? record was? Like, did yeah, they I, like, well I look, that the question is, did they do well that year?
3: I
0: think they did.
3: I feel like I looked them up and, and it
2: was Yeah, a, I'm
0: sorta of surprised you went by roster and not stats, because stats is probably how I'd have gone.
3: Yeah, but I don't understand baseball stats, but I'm just like if I've heard of any of the players, that's probably a good thing. Well
0: no, but surely if someone had seventy wins and someone had thirty, you would think, huh?
3: Hmm. I mean, again, for me, it was just, like, the Yankees still had... Is Mickey that a Mantle,
0: reasonable so. number of wins? 70, I don't do they know. play, like, 100 games? They play an absurd amount of games. of games They play, like, baseball. two mm-hmm.
1: games a day because you don't get tired playing baseball. But that's besides... The it's form. not a
0: real sport. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because it's
1: the most boring fucking shit. Are you, are you done reading, Jake? Can I move on to another thing?
2: No, uh, they went 99 and 64. They were second in the East, so they did okay. okay.
1: Great. Who? Socks or the Yankees? The Sox. Speaking the of sports... We get to see spring ball. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which looks much that. better than baseball.
3: It it looks like really violent... Um, ping,
1: ping pong?
3: <laughs> no, no, the, the one... Racquetball? Yeah.
1: I thought it was racquetball originally. So did looks I. Very it very similar, was... and I was like, why don't they wear masks in racquetball? Yeah,
3: until they started, like, actively, like, hitting each other. I was like, oh, wait, this is probably spring ball.
0: No, that's just how Kira plays racquetball. <laughs> yeah. This is how we used to play it back when I was a terrorist. Bet the
3: (laughs) Bajorans would love Highlight.
0: Hmm. But what about Parisi Squares? Nah. I think if I had anything else. Probably not. Yeah, I actually did
1: read the impetus for this episode was apparently the Oklahoma City bombing had happened recently. Oh. And the the writer was very, I'm going to say intrigued, but it's probably also more horrified when they, when you see that all the people were suspicious that it was a Middle Easterner who did it, and then when they learned, like, no, it was this white guy. Yep. Like, we were, we didn't expect it to be that, because, you know, we're so prejudiced that we just assume it's going to be someone brown. And this episode, they they, they, they decided, like, okay, let's go, let's go that, you know, you jumped to the conclusion that it's no way, you know, we led down the wrong trail. There's no way it was going to be Eddington. Eddington's the surprise factor. Eddington's McVeigh.
0: I knew it was Eddington, goddammit, from the beginning. Literally, was like, <laughs> he's up to something. I mean, he's I always think, up to something. Because think, he and Odo hate each other. Why would they work together? I'm just saying. I'm I just would saying. have been
2: more surprised if they hadn't previously gone through such lengths to make us dislike Eddington mm-hmm. in this show, you know, by having him, you know, in one of his first appearances. Maybe, maybe it was his first appearance. Um,
1: Oh yeah, taking Odo's
2: job. Well not well, he took Odo's job. Taking orders uh, from that the, admiral
3: though.
1: Yeah, this is yep. like his force strike. Yeah,
2: sabotaging the uh the defiant.
1: He didn't yeah. he didn't do any sabotaging in the ad- adversary.
2: No, that's true.
1: Well, he can't be bad
0: every time he shows up, <laughs> then you just really expect it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. But that was I the thing, I wish you know they they, like... they had made him more of a likable character, and then I would have been like, Oh my god.
0: Somebody this... like good old Chief Argyle. <laughs> and then again, I
2: guess that's just kind of a repeat of of Ro
3: Laren's arc, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I think in a way he still works because you're like, well of course he's not gonna turn out to be crooked because it's too obvious. And also again, yeah, yeah, the first time he betrays Ben, it's not it's not a betrayal in the sense that um you know he's he's turned him over to an enemy, it's someone higher up in Starfleet gave him a contradicting order. Mm. Yeah, so you know, he's he's he is, almost
2: too, you know, he's he's too
3: um, too much, much of a much company of a, man.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: So in a way that that makes it more of a surprise that this guy who seems to just be dyed in the wool is died in the wolf Starfleet is actually Maquis.
1: Died in the wolf. Wolf. Oh. Oh. Okay.
2: So here's um here's also the tinfoil wool. hat. Wolf let me put in on, the full let, let me put on my tinfoil hat real yes, quick. Yeah, you look great in that hat, Jake. Um, crinkle, crinkle. Eddington was. A company man, but he was eventually turned
1: into a changeling
2: by he was <laughs> recruited into the Maquis by one of the Maquis top agents, Cassidy Yates.
1: Oh <gasps> my God. That's the crinkliest hat and it's magnificent.
2: And that this whole thing was actually Cassidy's plan from the start. Double blind. Because, okay. Cause here's the thing, right? How fucking coincidental and convenient is it that the one Person that would get Cisco off the station,
0: or just get him off. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, wait.
1: Here's here's a much crinklier hat. It's Jake Cisco, and that's why Jake hooked up his dad with Cassidy in the first place. What? Mm. Yeah. Don't we know that he's been writing books about being smugglers and terrorists and shit,
0: gypsies, tramps, and thieves? Now that
2: <laughs> that would be a plot twist if Jake ended up becoming a Maquis.
0: Maybe mm. that's what Mirror Jake is. No, mirror Jake, Jake doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. I know, but like maybe someday he will. Well, He literally he will not Yes, he's dead.
2: No, because literally everybody in our universe exists in the Mirror Universe. No, Caitlin, so somehow Caitlin is
1: fully he does grasping. exist. Caitlin is fully grasping how the Mirror Universe makes no sense. Therefore, you can do whatever you want. Maybe. Know, he,
3: just,
0: he actually just um, grows from some spores, I think. And- yeah. <laughs> K-
3: Kelvin Jake is my key. There we go. All right, here's a new mirror universe theory.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm here for this. You put the second time, hat every on top time of
3: your- there's a tran-
2: Every time somebody crosses over, they're not crossing over into the exact same universe. They're crossing over into the universe that forked and reached you know, the specific state that it was at the point mm. that you tr- convert over.
1: So it's like parallels.
2: It's like, it's yeah, it's more like parallels. Like, we, th- we assume there's just two universes because every time we go there, it's the same people. But maybe it is more like parallels where there's unlimited numbers of parallel universes, mere universes, and they all have something in common, which is shit went bad. Mm. They share so I, some common history.
0: I'm willing to buy that.
2: We know. already know this loads of different stretch.
0: universes exist.
2: <sighs> but man, yeah, no, I like my Cassidy is the mastermind idea. I do. That really. is good. I do like that.
1: She is great, and I really love. Um, but she fell for. She that actually
2: ended up falling for for Benjamin Cisco. Mm.
1: Or was end. it
0: a front? It's like Ooh. Casino Royale.
3: Yeah. Oh, I like that. And
0: then she's gonna forcibly drown herself. Yikes. Headcanon accepted. Anything else?
2: Uh, I don't have too much else.
0: Nope. Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us for episode 191 of Star to Steer Her By, Star Trek podcast. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, you can find us where all fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or maybe YouTube Music. I don't know by now. And, um apple podcasts you can find us on facebook by searching for a star to steer her by we are also sshb podcast on twitter and tumblr you can visit our website at sshbpodcast.com which, you know, someday might be a real website. For now, it just points you to our Tumblr where you can read really neat things like our recent fan fictions. Oh,
1: they were great.
0: Our season reviews and, uh, you know, articles that get written sometimes. We do have another end of season coming up soon.
1: We do. I was going to say, like, we're know. Toward the end of season four now. Crazy. Yeah, it a is wild. Season.
0: Yeah, it is good. Not to shamelessly plug, but Chris and I recently visited our friends over at the Mad Max Minute podcast. They are currently presenting... Waterworld, h2o minutes Mad max <laughs> at a time no it's water well it, it fits though thematically because it's also That's like it's
1: pretty apocalyptic
0: yeah it's great actually i um it's funny because i had never seen it before and you know generally speaking it gets a horrible rap but we watched the three hour ulysses cut and i was thoroughly fucking entertained yeah, we had a like, like i wouldn't go out so far as to say that it's like a great movie like i think it is But I will say that it is entertaining as hell, and if you like a little post-apocalyptic business, it's good. But yeah, we were on an episode, which I think is going live in, like, mid-October, did they say? That's roughly when this episode's going live. Yeah,
3: it's either going up around the same time as this, or a week or two later. I think they may have said late October.
0: I thought they said October, like, 12th or something. Did they? Well, Well, let me put it this way. They're on episode 7, excuse me, and I think we were episode 12. Okay. So... Mid October are
1: they once once a week or?
0: Yes, yep. They used to do a so for the Mad Max films. I think they were doing three episodes a week of one minute, one minute chunks. That's the thing about that podcast is they go through the movie two minutes at a time. So this you know three hour ish cut will be you know almost two years Years, or something. Years of work. But yeah, it was super fun. We're really grateful to Rick and Julia for having us. So go check them out. They're really enjoyable. They're (laughs) Their listenership is almost certainly already grander than ours, but whatever. Give them a couple more.
1: Did you plug our show on
0: their show? We did. Shit! Yeah. Well, I knew we, I forgot something. We did, didn't we? Yes, I'm kidding. I was going to say, uh. I was like, wait a second. I'm blonde under all this dye, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I think that's all the self... Not flagellating. It's all <laughs> the... <laughs> that is it. It's all the... <laughs> Plugging? Yeah. Uh oh no self-plugging anyway uh that's all i got there but uh yeah we'll be back next week with two more episodes of deep space nine as always i have been caitlin
3: i have been jake this has been chris
1: and this is always Ames.
3: no rule of acquisition again this week
0: awkward (laughs) silence stay fresh cheese bags yeah
1: Are we insane? insane? What What are we doing? How did we get
0: here?